and welcome to the Shia for Hashabat for Chalamayid Pesach. Go straight to the first question. On the first day of Pesach, I was asked to be Shliach Tzibur, and I looked over. I looked over the 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 piyutim. When you do something once a year, you should be looking it over. And I looked at these words. The last of the piyutim of Tal. Tal with the Jew Hashem should bless the food. al in our fat. Uh, here, translate the scarcity in our fullness. Fine. Ayuma Ayuma the ayuma. Well, that. Asher which you cause to travel like on a topic Find her in a generous way, etc. So bothered word ayuma is not the word umo, it's a different word. I, um, you still can't hear me? Can you hear? Sound okay? Raise your hands, yes or no? Good. Okay, Okay, so here I'm looking at the word ayuma. And he translates in the English, he translates the word Ayuma as a nation. And I was bothered by this because there's the word Umo and the word Ayuma is a different word. But I trace this back. There's a, one of the traditional Mephorshe Hamachs called Matelevi. And the Matelevi also he translates Ayuma as an Umo, a nation which you call to travel like sheep. However, um, I found a, a, looking around, I found another, an article written about this piyut, which trans, trans, uh, relates the word ayumo to the Posig and Shir Hashirim. So we have here, as you can see on the bottom of the uh, screen, we've got two psukim and Shir Hashirim, which have the word ayumo. Yofo atzi, the other one, the first one, it's in Shir Hashirim, both in Shir Hashirim Vov, you're beautiful, whatever sirtso means. beautiful Ayumo means the one who is feared, Meloshan causing Amo. And the same thing in the second uh, quote in Posik Yud. beautiful like this moon, like the sun. Ayumo Kanidgolis. So if you want to look it up, what Nidgolis means, Meloshan Dogul prominent. But the word ayuma means Meloshan matil emo. And therefore, I think the translation of ayuma uh, as a nation is, is incorrect. Ayuma means the one who is, uh, is, is feared, is awed. And Asher Hisata Katsoin is, is inspired by the Posuk in Tilam, I think it's Ein Ches, by Yasa Katsoin Amoy. So it's Loshan of, of uh, we see how the Eden are referred to as a flock of sheep. And Hashem caused them to travel. So that's the way, where the background of that phrase is. So I believe it's uh, an incorrect translation. Okay. 
not blaming translator in the Chabad Tzidah uh, because it's going back already to the Mate Levi, who Bichlal is a very respected Nefarish. Okay, two other points here, and that is that I see in the Seder of this Piyot. So, by Luchodoidi, how does it work? The Chazan says Luchodoidi, then the Tzibos say Luchodoidi, and they say, um, then they say the next next one because Shab and what's it? Shom Bezocher, yeah. And then the Chazan says Shom Bezocher. So they say there is the Chazan says the first stanza, then the Tzibos say stanza one and two, and then the Chazan says stanza two, and throughout from that point onwards. The chazan is it's 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 first the kohol and then the chazan. So in the Chabad Siddur, which has got the instructions, it's called the annotated edition. There it has the seder of that which I just described. The chazan says the first stanza, then the tzibur says stanza one, stanza two, and then it continues um, that the tzibur are one ahead. In the Chabad Chabad Siddur, sorry. So it says kohol v'chazan throughout. So nothing, no, no, no big, big issue here. But there is an inconsistency between the two machzor, two two sidurim, which are both tilas Hashem, both chafadas chabad. Okay, these things happen. One other thing, since I'm on this uh, topic, so someone called me today and said that in his shul apparently, what happened was that the chazan. For Musaf on the first day of, 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 of Pesach, somehow forgot. Perhaps he slipped up and forgot to say the um, the first piece of the piyut. Now, just to explain, the first part of the piyut is in the bracha of Mogin Avraham, and the rest of the piyut is in the bracha of Mechayah Hamesim. So he finished off Mogin Avraham without realizing that he meant to add a piyut in the middle. Then someone had alerted him to his omission. So he went back to the piyut of Abiyo Minachid, whatever it is, whatever the beginning of that, the Abedaita Abiyo Chidois, whatever it is, he went back and finished it off and then said, Baruch Hashem Avram again, which I feel was inc definitely incorrect because uh, the bracha, once he finished the bracha, you, you, you know, you, you've, there's no point, there's no, no, no justification for saying it again. What do you do with a piece of pute which you missed out? I would say just you, you, you go further, you know, farfal. If you want to switch, park it into the next piece, okay. Um, just to explain, but this is this pute is connected after to Moganovus, to Moganavram, sorry, because the last part, last 10 sentences there is Lohogin Lesoilodus. It's got to do with protection. And therefore, it's with Somoch Lechasimo, Lohogain, therefore it goes into Bogdavrom. So really, it belongs in Bogdavrom, it doesn't belong later. But that's, that's, I'll leave it open. Okay. Let's go on to the next question. Someone asked me this week a child is born, actually, it's a girl, and they want to give the child, the child a Jewish name. It happens to be that the mother is not, sorry, the mother is Jewish, the father is not. So in some cases, we would go and say, all right, let's use the grandfather's name. The, mater the mother's father's name will give her give the name, uh, the Jewish name of her grandfather. But as it would be, you know, as Aidas, this Maisa was that this is a 
Jewish mother and the Jewish grandmother, but both the father and the grandfather are not Jewish. So what do you do now? Do you now say by Mishaberach, do you use the mother's name or do you say Basavrom or Vinu, etc.? Basavrom. So this, this was the question. Now, I spent a long time looking around about for, for this, and there's, there's going to be different contexts. Where is it, the name important? You have in the case of a get, Darfin, um, how to write the name there? You have to write the name, and that usually you have to write the mother's and the father's name. You don't write the mother's name in a get. Uh, and then we have in the case of a Mishabeirach uh, for naming and Valiyalatoyde. So got, well, of course, for a girl, it's not in Valiyalatoyde. But here's the question in various contexts: What are we going to use? So obviously, in Gittin, it's a much more serious issue. If you put the wrong facts in a get, it could actually make the get possible. Uh, and you're talking about allowing a married woman to um, to be divorced and to be remarried. It's a very serious uh, business. So we'll, we won't address that over here. What we're looking now is from Hilchas Kriya Satayr. It talks here that the this is in Kuflam Tes. Even the Gabi, the Rosh Aknesis, the leader of the congregation, he should or the Chazan, he should not have an Aliyah unless he is told Korah. And then it says that the, the, there was a minute that they, by the Svardim that they would take the Aliyah without being called up, in which there, to which there are more comments on the Medinas Elu It's not customary for the Chazan to just elect himself to have an aliyah. Even where the balkoire will not have an aliyah without the sgan, the gabe, telling him, go be a yamah. A person whose father, he defected from Yiddishkeit, he became a, a Christian or whatever. So, so then he would be called, would skip a generation, and would call him, named after his grandfather. To just call him without anything else, that would be embarrassing. Also says further, the part which I skipped out, if he was already bar mitzvah, and at a later stage in his life, the father became a so then, he will just keep the name as he's been called up till now. We won't, we, he won't have to change. Again, Shilolavayish all of a sudden has to change his name. So we'll just leave it the way it is. What's in the gave to us is, what's important for us in our discussion is where there is no Jewish father. So we have in the Mishnah, in, in uh, Mishnah in Kapedagdal of Kedushin, we've got the 10, 10 categories of status of Claudius Yisrael, Kohenim, Levim, Yisraelim, etc. We've got Asufi or Shesuki. A Sufi is where a child has been found abandoned. And a Shesuke is where we know who the mother is, but the child is saying, is that my tati, is that my tati? And the, and the mother says, shh, that's why it's called Shesuke, Tom to be quiet. So both are chi children who we don't know who the father is. Says the Ramor, We would use the maternal grandfather. Well, that's good if you know. Yodua, 
So in the case where there's no known, uh, there's no known Jewish, there's no Jewish grandfather's name available. So then we'd use the, um, the, the name Avraham. Now, this is interesting because this person is not a Geir. This person is Jewish, born Jewish. And whereas you use the word, we have a phrase, Avraham is Avihem Shal Geirim. Avraham is the father for Geirim. Yeah, mask him. But here we're not talking about a Geir. Here we're talking about a child who's got a, who's, who's born Jewish. And yet the Ramos says to use the name Avraham. As I, again, in a get that may not be the halacha, but in this case, in the for giving a name an idea of Torah, so we have here the psak of the Ramo to use the name um, Ben Avram or Bas Avram. So we'll go along with that. The reason why we use a father's name rather than a mother's name is because we have the production Lemish Bechosum Leves Avosum. So we have here the Klal Bayidi by the Seder of using the the uh, father's name. So. Therefore, we'd, in this case, we'd use Ben, ben or Basavram. Okay, let's move on to another Shiloh, which came up this week. Oh, oh this one, Shiloh number three. Someone poured uh, from a boiling hot kettle into a Chomer Zika sink. And now it's the Pesach Zika kettle. Actually, it is. Can they use the, can they use the kettle? So let's read the halacha carefully. This is from the Alter Rebbe Shechon Aruch, Now, the dinim of kashering, you have kashering from treif and you have kashering from chametz. So in Erechaim, you've got Arichas G'dayla, Simen, Toflun Aleph, it's about kashering of also Toflun base. And then you have in Hilchas, uh, in, in the beginning of Yerdei Chilik base, somewhere around Kufchof, somewhere around there, we have also about kashring kalef and treif, but the really the big arichas is here in Tafnun Aleph. So the Alter Rebbe writes the following: Noyagim hanoshim sheloy liyestamish bePesach bekdeido sheedu mimenu roischin tachasoef. So to explain, when you kashring kalem, normally you kasher by what's called hagola, and you you have a big pot with water which is bubbling hot. And you take whatever dishes, cutlery, uh, whatever, and you carefully put them into this boiling water just for a couple of seconds or less. Put it in the boiling water, take it out, and then you douse it with the cold water. That's the way we do hagola. What happens if you have a, 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 flat, a large flat surface or something which cannot fit into a, a, a pot of water? How do you cashier that? So, you want to pour boiling water, but once the water has left the kettle, it's kind of lost the intensity that it had before. And therefore, how are we going to simulate the boiling water effect with the, with the let's say, a kitchen surface? Let's say a kitchen counter. How did the kitchen counter become a chomets? It could be. It could be that you took out a cake and put it straight onto the counter. You took out a challah from the oven, it's boiling hot. It's, well, it's, uh, you take out alcohols from the oven, it's, they are too hot to handle, yeah? And you put it straight down onto the counter. Well, then that may have made the counter have a belief of chametz. So let's say you put down a kugel, which has got more moisture. It may be that there's, if, if it's a chametz, it's a kugel, and you put it straight onto the counter. So then that made the counter chametz. So how are you going to cashew it? You're going to pour water, but pouring water may not have 
the same power as dipping the 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 chometz keli into a boil a, a pot of boiling water. So here there's the eitzah, what's called evin melubim, which means a red hot stone, a very hot stone. So you, what you'll do is you'll prepare a take a brick or something, and you'll put it on the on the burner on the stove, and as you are pouring from the kettle, you're pouring boiling water from the kettle, you are also passing the this uh, red uh, this very very hot stone. It causes the water to continue to 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 sizzle to boil as it's touching the surface. So that's called Evan Malubin. So it's a for a kashering where you need to have kashering uh, um, with with boiling water on a surface which is not cannot be immersed in in boiling water. So you use boiling water plus Evan Malubin. So now the Alter Rebbe is saying that the minigannoshim is that the keli, the kettle, which or the pot which they used to pour the boiling water together with the with their hot stone. So they don't use that keili for Pesach. Why, what's, what's so chomitzik about it? No chomitz, it's just the steam from the from the countertop. There are those who explain this. You've got a lamp. And in the lamp, uh, it's a, Got an oil, but it's or the oil is from uh, it's a wax from a trefer from 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 an animal, from a trefer animal. So you've got here um, a, a you've got a, a, a bowl with oil, and you poured you poured more fat from a kosher uh, um, jug. You poured fat into this into this um, lamp, which has got trefer fat. And it says you should lachatchila should avoid this. Because there's an understanding that the vapor from the heat or from the hot or the low or lower liquid, which is treif, will kind of go up the the uh, column of of uh, liquid as it's being poured. Uh, Physically, I don't. I, I have difficulty to understand this. I do know with electricity. With electricity, there'll be a conductivity. If you're pouring from one thing to the other, so then the electricity will go up also. But think about it in these similar terms that there's a concern that the taste of the lower will kind of go up the steam, the, 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 the stream, and go up to the upper cave. But who are Dinkan? The vapor from the chomets. Let's say you've got here, you've been kashering a tin or a work surface, which has got chomets absorbed. And now you're pouring boiling water with the Evan Malubin. So now, so the vapor of the chomets will go up the column or the stream to the upper pot. This would only be an issue if the pouring of hot water on the Evan on the surface was done in a direct stream and not in, in spurts. Okay, that's a side issue. All right, so we have here a bit of a concern that when you pour from a kettle onto a chomet surface, 
So then there is a concern that the vapor and the taste of chametz will go up this upstream and make the upper keli chametz. Although there is not to use that pot, the kashring pot, which they use for pouring onto the chomet surface with the Evan Malubin, they won't use it, they'll consider it the Khatkhila Khomet stick. The Al-Tarebbe says, even if you used if you did use that pot in violation of that minhik, then you're allowed to eat the food. Adkan is the precedent which we have here in Shekhanarach. Let's come back to our case. Now, here the question is a different one. The question is not whether the food is kosher. The question is whether I can, can, may continue using that kettle. And here we have Minikhanoshim not to use the kettle, uh, which was used for pouring onto a chomet's surface. So what's the story here? So. Um, it, it, would the same chumra have to be applied to the kettle pouring onto the sink? So, the, the, one of the stark differences is um, that there it's a, a stream of hot water pouring onto a cold surface, albeit, but there's the Evan Malubin, which is, which is heating up the water on the surface. The chomet surface is effectively a hot surface and therefore the steam is there's a koya there's a koyach or there's a heat from the lower one there also in the in our case there's a chomet sink which hasn't been used for a few days for chomets it's cold and you're pouring from the kettle into that into that cold sink um it's not the same it's not the same as that as we even here you see that it's a chumra it's not a, a very strong uh, strongly halacha um, based chumra. So, all right. So, I, I think in addition, um, I don't know how chumets, the sinks are always um, used with soap. People, some people wash under the tap. So, if they do fill it up, they use, use soap. So, it's also tampogum. I know that on Pesach, we machmer even with tampogum. But I think together with the, the fact it's tampogum, it's, and it's, it's also um, cold. There's no no heat of the tachtoin. I think one can be makel to to continue using the kettle over pesel. Of course, it's not a chachila thing to do, but for the air, I think they could continue. Thank you. Someone is pointing out there's an alternative to using a a, a, a hot brick is to use a uh, a kettle and make sure you unplug the kettle when you do that. Right. Let's go on to our next point. Okay. So this, as you see on the picture, is a rickshaw. And the question I had was, in a, someone's on, on a holidays for Pesach, in, a, in an island, and from their residence, until where they, there's some kind of shul or a minion, from one to the other, it's, it's a two hour walk. It looks like, I mean, my impression is that the island is a bit like a horseshoe, because they could take a ferry from their place and reach to the shul in 10 minutes. So they have three options. One is, well, four, a fourth option is just to stay home. But one option is to walk two hours. The other option is to get a rickshaw and someone will wheel them that way. And then the other option 
is um, is to take a ferry. So bichlal to use a ferry. There is a concept if you're koina shvisa. If there's a boat which is departing on Shabbos and you wanted to join that that boat, so if you were in that boat at the onset of Shabbos, then you could go home and have your you know, whatever your, your to your lodgings and have your sort of Shabbos and spend the night at home, and then you could go back and reclaim your seat on the ship, and the ship departs on Shabbos. That may that that's a possibility. I don't know whether that was a practical option here for this family to find a ferry. And to be koina shvisa ben ashvosha, so that that is a possibility. Um, failing that, so then looking at the rickshaw. So we're talking here about we're talking about a small island, obviously. There's no no shishim libui. Now, so what's the shaila here? Um, all right, so let's let's scroll down. Let's scroll down, and. This is a not such a well-known halacha. Um, there used to be a concept called sedan chairs, which a sedan chair would mean that it's a chair, which like a, like a bit of a cabin, and you had two porters. They had long poles, one on either side, and you had porters who would hold the chair on their shoulders, one in the one a port in the front, one in the back, and they would carry this person from place to place. So the Shulchan Aruch has written the Gemara Mishnah, I believe. Uh, one may not use this uh, sedan chair on Yom Tov. It's sitting on a cathedral, which means a fancy seat. The English word cathedral probably comes from the same word of a seat. And you have porters carrying this seat. That you're not allowed to use a sedan chair on Yom Tov. It's a form of disgrace. It's a mundane form of behavior, and it's not appropriate for Yom Tov. But if he is a person who is needed for the benefit of the public, to hear from him is wisdom, is sheer. Or if he's going to look um, to uh, tend to public needs, he may be carried on in a sedan chair. That's okay. Whatever. Okay. So here we have. That's why I was I was hesitating. Is there a is there an issue about using this sedan this rickshaw because of this union of of um, of not using a sedan shanyot, which is a clear halacha. So the Ebeshter Yeholfen, that there is a sefer called Shalos Hachub's Rav Pa'olim from the Ben Yishchai, and he's talking about mamish about rickshaws. And he deals with this issue for, for Shabbos and for Yom Tov. And he, very interesting how he defines, there's no din of using a rickshaw or a sedan chair in Rishosayochit. It's only in Rishosayochit, which is an interesting thing. Somehow this zilzul about not using a, a sedan chair is limited to Rishosayochit. Okay. And then, then he, he says, 
He says a very interesting husband. Look at this rickshaw. I mean, I, I, this picture, he didn't, I, I, this is not from the um, Benish Chai. Um, look at this picture. The rickshaw, the, the seat is four by four tvochim, the seat is at least four by four tvochim. It's got three mechitzes, which are more than 10 tvochim high. I don't know whether you remember, I once talked about these large wheelie bins, which we have in this part of the world, that they are in, in themselves a dinner of so if you, there's a whole din in Gemara about kaveris, if a person took out a, a hive, which is 10 tvochim high and, and 4 by 4 tvochim in interior, or measure, measurement, so that, then he's potter, because the hive itself is a rishosayochid. So you, wherever you take that hive, it's a rishosayochid. So when come the moshal or the wheelie bin, you take that wheelie bin and put it on the street, actually what you've taken is a Rishosayochit. Wherever it is, it's a Rishosayochit. So you can't be faulted for carrying from Rishosayochit to Rishosayochit, because wherever that wheelie bin is, it is still Rishosayochit. And so Ben Ishchai says something similar with the rickshaw. If it does have, if the carriage has a structure of Rishosayochit, so then it's not a Rishosayochit, it's, 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 it's Rishosayochit. And the whole Indian of, of uh, the issue of, of, of sedan chair is only if it's in, in carrying through the Shusarabim. This, wherever it is, a Shusayochit. So, this is part of his Tzadah where he does. Ah, then he says the following. Um, then he says another Chesh about using a boat. So, the Arposkim, this is in Simashin Lamates. There are poskim who say that you can use a boat mitzvah. So if you needed to get across the water to hear shofar, to bench luluf, so there are poskim and shirin simashin lamates who are, who do allow lutzoyich mitzvah. But there, Mr. Burin shirin lamates says clearly, but if it is for tefillah betzibur, tefillah betzibur is not considered a great enough mitzvah to justify using a ferry on. Shabbos Vyomta. Here, in the case of the rickshaw, which is the concern of being the din like this of, of, of a sedan chair, here the Benish Chai says, here, just like you have a heter for a person to go le, le, le rabim, so he says, I, I feel that I can also use the same heter for um, for Tfilah for Betzibur. So basically, uh, it does remain that the Benish Chai in Olim, he does give a head to, to use a rickshaw um, if a person finds it difficult to get to shul and this is the way they could get to get to shul, he, he basically does give a head for it and with the various conditions, but the conditions I just described, 10 Tvachim high and 4 Tvachim square, um, that would be a, a Tzad head. Uh, right. Someone asked me this week, we may have gone through this before, does the chipped rim of this mug disqualify it for Natios Yadai? So I'm going to take a mug. I may have done this before, but again, things people forget things. Okay, so here you can see this mug. And let's say there would be a... a, 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 a um, a chip or a if there'd be a crack and there's it's leaking if it's leaking halfway down 
then the halacha would look at the mug and say like this. Above, uh, below the leak, below the hole is keli. Above the leak is not keli. So what's the problem? When you pour, when you pour on my hand, so I pour, if you can see the position of my hand in relation to the keli, so the water would come out. But if the water, if there, this front part, the upper part of the keli wasn't there, so the water would, pouring would not, would not reach my hand. So since the upper part of the keli is not keli, so by pouring from this position, so then I'm not pouring from a keli, so I'm pouring from a non-keli, and therefore my natusia daim is not valid. But if I had poured, if the chip was very a very small chip just near the top, the essential point here is, would the water have come onto the hand even if the chipped area or the niche or whatever it is, with a da damaged area, would the water have come to the hand in any case? And the answer is yes. And this picture, which you see here, there's no question, because the chips, it, uh, I'm not talking here for Kersha Brocha, we're talking about for Ntuzidaim, a different halacha, yeah? For Kersha Brocha, if it's, if it's like this, it wouldn't be so appropriate. A chipped cake cost for, for Kersha Brocha isn't, isn't appropriate. But here we're talking for Ntuzidaim. So that little chip doesn't make any issue. But even if it would be a, a bit further down, so, so long as the water would reach my hand from the uh, water containing part of the keli, that would be uh, a kosher and tila. So we have it, I'm perhaps uh, go quickly through this from the Alter And you can see the part which I underline, which I, well, I put in red letters, that the point, that which was above the, the hole where it's leaking, that's not keli. And as a result, when you're pouring, so the water was coming to your hand. Hey, boy, Second uh, letter, red letters. It's not from a keli, therefore it's possible. And then next red letters. If you lift it all the way and like right, really upside down, and then the water is coming to your hand. In any case, that would be kosher. Okay. Um, the last thing which you have there is a neutral If you pour the water through the hole, through, and we've gone through this, I think, that if you have a jug which has got a, a, a lip which is a bit lower than the rest of the jug, so the upper part which is above the spout is, is, is possible for Natila, but by the spout which is lower than the rest of the jug, you would be able to do the dime from there. Let's move on. So here we have, someone asked me, one of our regular listeners has an enical who's turning a bar mitzvah on Shvi'i Pesach. And there's a Chabad minik that the first aliyah should not be on a Shabbos morning. So the shayli is, what about a Yom Tov morning? So this letter is written to, you can see the date, it's from Tavshin Yudches, it's written to Rabbi Kluvgant, whom I remember, uh, I, he passed away while I, I was in Australia 40 years ago in Shana Shlichus. And he writes about his son, um, who's, his name, son is Menachem Mendel. Later he added the name Sholem because he married the daughter of Mendel Grig. And so uh, you can't have a son-in-law and father-in-law the same name. So now everyone knows him as Sholem Mendel. So the Rebbe Isser was a cousin of the Rebbe from the Lavut side. And uh, he asked the Rebbe, what about his son's bar mitzvah, which is um, on Erev Rosh Hashanah? So 
Apparently, he didn't know, many of the sikhs, uh, in, 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 including in this case, the Friedrich Rebbe didn't even say them. He had the difficulty with, speak, with, spe with speech, so he wrote the sikhs. For the bar mitzvah of his grandson, there's a lot of discussion there about the history of the Alter Rebbe's celebrating the bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah of the Mitzvah Rebbe. And in that sikh, it talks about the mile of the Ali Latoyer Bishmincha of the Shabbos. Yeah, there's a mile of having the first Aliyah. There's a very special time. The Rebbe says, to delay the Aliyah till the following Shabbos. And he says he should have the Aliyah on Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so here the Rebbe is telling him that he, despite the Minik Chabad, not to have the first Aliyah on Shabbos morning and wait for Shabbos Mincha. But here there's a Yom Tov, he tells him to have the Aliyah Rosh Hashanah. On this basis, I told the family also for this boy who's turning by mitzvah on Shvir Shalpesach, he should have his Aliyah on. Uh, on Friday, on Shvi'el Shvi'el Shal Pesach, then you can have again on Shabbos afternoon. You can have another again. Okay, um, going to the next point. So here's someone from uh, somebody actually in New York, and is really redoing the house. So he sent me some videos. He didn't send me a photo, so I can't show you a photo. Uh, but he's, he sent me how the mamish reduced the house to a shell. He moved all the plaster, everything. It's uh, I, didn't see the floorboards or not, but they removed everything, Mamish, and they're going to redo it. And so now, as we are accustomed in this part of the world, the houses have got these chimney breasts or chimney stacks, and they take out these take a fair amount of space. And there's a question of removing removing the chimney stack. And the builder, who happens to be also from me, said, you know, ask a Shiloh about what has to be done here. So we've gone through this uh, um, several months ago, a similar Shiloh, but we have here. The Tzavuos of Yehuda HaChosid. So you can see here the top quote. Lo yitetz odom tano v'chirayim she'oifim boy. One should not demolish an oven, stove, which is used for baking. L'ishtamish bo'isimokim. If you want to use that space for something else, you should not remove a baking oven in order to use the space for something else. Ela yaniachos you, you you should repair if it's if it's in disrepair, get it repaired, but don't remove it to use the space. It's a great sakon. Now, the case which we discussed a few months ago was a case that someone had bought a warehouse, and the previous owner, uh, Yit from Williamsburg, had his made his own matzo even. He had made it somewhere in the corner of the warehouse. He had built a matzah in which they would use a week before Pesach. And now there was a question of removing that. That was a baking oven. Here, what we're talking about, 
the fireplaces, they're not baking ovens, they are just for, for heating the, uh, the, the rooms. Now, here we have a letter of the Rebbe Rashab talking about actually, so there's three letters in this sequence. Um, about demolishing an oven. Certainly you're talking about, the question is about an oven used for baking. The oven, which you have in the winter, for, for, for warming up the house in winter, they would have, they may have some, had some, some rooms, had a fireplace, some didn't. So the, the room, which is more brick, brick and, and uh, more solid walls, and that's where they had their fireplace. So then, as it's not included because it says clearly about a baking oven, not a fireplace. And no, no need to add to it. So uh, on this basis, I told them there's not a problem of removing the chimney stacks. What we do remain with is the problem of when you demolish, when you show you, when you want to block up a window, want to block up a door. And so um, when also according to, I think we make a point of leaving a pipe, a connector between the two rooms where the, there was a passage for the, for the Ruchos through the window. And now to leave a, a little bit of a passage that they shouldn't have a, an issue with you. And um, so the same thing here between one floor and the other, the flue was connecting one, one floor and the other. And so one should leave a, a pipe in the space where there was the flue to leave a, a pipe. And then later you can cover it over. So that, but that's not such a big deal. Um, but the, the, basic, the basic removal of the chimney stack, that would be uh, okay. Let's move on. Okay. I want to go on to uh, about the Rebus Capitol and about Sheer Lamailis. So, as it was already on the on the list of uh, points for today, someone asked me if I could address the idea of Bichlal of saying the Rebbe's capital after Gimel Tammuz. Well, what is there? Does one celebrate a Rebbe's birthday or a birthday after uh, the person had passed away? That's the question I understood. Now, this question the Rebbe addressed. This is in Chelik base of the Kutesichas. In the Hesophis of the Kutasichas Chelik base, there's a whole string of Sichas in relation to um, the Yud Shvat. A lot of them are the things which were said at the Shiva um, of the Frederick Rebbe. And so this is also part of that um, sequence. The Rebbe says, this is also for the answer for those who asked the question whether after Yud Shvat should one be saying Kapitel Ein Aleph, the Frederick Rebbe was 70. When he passed away, should one continue saying the capital of the Rebbe, which was then capital Ein Aleph? Until when should we say it? Is the tshuva of them amidav zogim bizyud based times to continue saying the capital Ein Aleph, even though he passed away in Yud Shvat, to continue saying Yud, um, um, the, his capital? The Rebbe continues. He says there are those who say it's a machloekus of the Rambam and Ravid whether there is a concept of age of aging after a, per a person passed away. Um, there are two proofs that after histalkus, after passing, there's still the concept of aging. One raya, one proof to this is that a minig Yisrael to, to, to observe a yard site every year. Yard site means the neshama is going higher. Is a, is a proof that the neshama is also aging every year. It's going, 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 going progressing. So that's that's one. 
Nocharaya is, top of the second column. Second proof, there is a Rishime of the Freydik Rebbe. Freydik Rebbe wrote a, a, a diary of some sort uh, where he writes about he had a Chizoyan Laila, he had a vision. His father, the Rebbe Rashab, came to him. And his father, the Rebbe Rashab, this is a, he's, you'll see in a moment, um, he said a drush on the chapter Pei Dalet, chapter 84 of Tilim. This Rishima is from Chov Chesun Tov Shinhei. The Rebbe is already in America, and it's 24 years after his father had passed away. Was Demolt is Givorin Firun Achtzich Yor, Miyemelez from the Rebbe Moseid. The, the Rebbe Rasha passed away, he was about 60 when he passed away. And this is 24 years later. He's becoming, he's now going into, he was born to Chof Aleph. So he's now going into capital Pei Dalet. Was Demel Endiksach, the Shaykhis, ah, so he's going into capital Mei Pei Hei. So he, he, he said a mimer in the dream of the Frederick Rebbe, in his vision, his father said a mimer on capital Pei Dalet, which he was, now he had finished using that capital, going on to capital Pei Hei. So we have here, in this Sikha at least, the Rebbe is saying very clearly uh, the idea that there is the idea of saying a capital of, uh, of the Rebbe after he passed away. Um, and so, hence, we're going to have a, we're going to look at uh, another Eun, um, just bear with me a moment, and I'll bring it up. Sorry. I spoke last night by the Kinus Torah here in Stamford Hill, and I'd like to share with you briefly, at least, the points which I which I uh, shared there. There we are. All right, we're ready to share it. Share screen. Here we are. Okay, good. So we're going to have a look at the Can you see it? Is this a show of hands or any acknowledgement? Yeah. Good, thank you. Okay, so just to give it a couple of minutes. The first slide here is from the Chidor. This is the Chidor wrote some 60, 80s for him. This is his commentary on Tehillim. And he writes the following. David HaMelech says 15 Psalms which start off with the word Shiramalis, Keneget, Tezvov Shonim, Shechoyu Ha'ovois Beyachat. This is corresponding to the 15 years which the Ovois, the three Ovois, lived together because Yaakov was born when Yitzchak was 60 years old. Yitzchak was born when Avram was 100 years old, and Avram passed away at 175. So Yaakov was 15 years old. When Avraham Avinu passed away, so you got the number 15, one cheshbon. And the Rebbe in the Sikha, the famous Sikha, he points out also that the Rebbe, that the Alter Rebbe was 15 years old, Tovkovchov, when the Rebbe, when the Balshemte passed away. So we have an, a similar uh, situation of the overlap of the first three generations for 15 years. Quite. Tevis, also corresponding to the 15 words Shabbatosuk. He's shortened the Pasuk. Yaakov Avinu, on his way to Choron, 
when he's running away from Esau, and so he comes, he stops, he comes to the, um, as she says, it was the Mokim HaBes Amigdosh, and he davens there, and then he, he put the stones around his head, and then he wakes up in the morning, and there all the stones have become one, and then he makes it into a uh, matzeva, a form of mizbeach, and he pours oil on it. This stone, which um, Yaakov Avinu put together, or was put together as a result of what he did, this is the basis of the shisin. This is the pipeline underneath the Mizbeach, where the water would, when the Bansukas would pour, go down, go down. And looking at this, um, this, this vort of the I found it very puzzling because the shisin is under the Mizbeach. The Evan Hashasiyo is in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which are close to one another, but there's a distance of about 70 odd amas between them. And so what's this, and what does it mean? This stone is the Shisin, and, and the Shisin are from, the, from this stone and the Evan Shasiyo, and the Evan Shasiyo, you know, are very puzzled by this. Also what's, yeah. So we're going to see something uh, a little, here's, here's a piece from the Yerushalmi, and the Yerushalmi, just to help you remember where it is, it's in Sanhedrin, Perik Yud, where it talks about Kol Yisrael Yesh Lohem Chelek ve'el Oilem Abo ve'el Asha'el Lohem Chelek. And one of those, uh, one of those uh, infamous people is Achitoifel. So now the Yerushalmi tells a story. There's a similar story in Gemara Sukkah towards the end of the, in, in, in the fifth Perik, but the details are a bit different. So in Beshosha, where you find that when David came to dig Timalusim, means the foundation of the Beis Hamikdash. He dug 1,500 amas deep, and he did not get to the tohoim, to the uh, to the, the, the solid bed. He dug. He digs 1,500 amas deep, and he finds a basket, which means something which is a man-made article, which was very very surprising. He wanted to lift this basket. So the basket says, let's ask you, no, 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 don't, don't, why not? Why, why, why are you, why you say I can't pick you up? So the basket says to David, because I am like the plug for the waters of the, of the uh, underground. <coughs> you live it, it is, it starts causing flooding. All right, nice to know you. How long have you been sitting here? So the, the stone answers, the, the basket, sorry. Says de Sinai, and Hashem um, proclaimed it. There was a trembling of the earth, and things came uh, sunk down. I think that's what it means. And I'm sitting here, holding, plugging the hole that the waters from the depth shouldn't 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 come, shouldn't rise. That's the end of the conversation. And David is not phased by the caution aired by this basket. He didn't listen. Came in the remake. He lifted the basket. Lifted the basket. So now the waters are flooding. And it was prone, poised, sorry, to drown the world. 
Achitoifel is an advisor of David, shrewd fellow. He's seeing what's going on. He says, great. Kedain David mischanek. David will get drowned. He'll get choked by the water. But no molech. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take over. Oh, my David. David says, whoever knows how to stop this water and doesn't stop it, I'm giving him a curse that he will be choked. So Achitoifel uses what he uses. He says what he says, and he managed to stop the water. He is called David Oimer Shiro Shir Ha Malois Shir Lemeo Oilois. So he takes here the first one is Shir Ha Malois, and then we've got Shir La Malois. The second one is Shir La Malois. And La Malois, Rashi on the spot in Capital Kufkof Aleph in, 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 in Tehillim says Lemeo Oilois. La Malois is a remis for the going up a hundred Amis. So the Gemara in Sukkah in Bavli is a bit clearer that the water sunk down very, very low. It was far too low. The water table went far too low. And so there was a need to bring up the water table. And this is where David HaMelech um, says a Shiramal is to bring it up. And for each of the 50 Shiramal he brought it up 1500, another 100 Amis and, um, and it brought it back. So that's where that's the why the second capital of which is of the of the fifty shamalis is shilamalis. So someone asked me why is that not the first capital? So I was I was stumped by this, but I thought uh, afterwards a svara. The first one is shilamalis el Hashem batzorosoli. David Amel is saying I'm in trouble. Hashem help me I'm in trouble. What is flooding? What am I going to do? He said that Nigin, that, that, that Sheer, and he saw the water. Uh, no, sorry, this is after the flood. This is on, the way, on its way up. But he, he needs to solve the problem. So he said, Sheer Malas, he saw it came up on. Ah, with the first Sheer, was, it, it came up 100 Amas. Okay, Sheer La Malas, Lameo Oilas. And then he said another one, and that again, that continued, another 100 Amas, etc. So this is the, the uh, Yerushalmi. In, then we have here, the, uh, about the Evan Shasio. So we have the Evan Shasio, this is the Mishnah in Yuma, says in, this, in the first verse of Migdash, after, once the Oren had been put into hiding, about 30 odd years before the Khurban, so then they, there was a, a rock there, and it was there from Yemosh of Yimar is showing him, and there's this rock, and it's called Evan Shasio, and the Kohen God would, it was three, three Ed's boys above the uh, floor, and the Kohen would put the Ktaris there. Um, I think I'm running out of time a little bit. Um, what we're seeing, the next quote is from Pirkei Drebelazer, and he talks about Yaakov Avinu. He took this stone, which had been for first 12 stones, and then they became one stone. He made it into Mizbeach. After he made the Mizbeach, Hashem took this stone and threw it down all the way down to the depth. So this can, and that's the Evan Shasiyah. And so what we're seeing here possibly is the meaning of what we had before. The image you see is there from the beginning of creation, but then there's a certain insecurity of creation. When the Yaakov Avinu comes onto the picture, so then there's a added security, added stability. So the image takes this stone, which corresponds to the 12 Shvotim, and adds it, connects it to the image you Because it's man-made, that's why it's called a, a, an otzit, etc., because it was put together by a Yaakovin collected the 12 stones. Possibly that's the Pshat. Uh, and then it comes the time of Matan Torah, which we saw in the previous part, the, the Yashalmi saying, uh, for sure, the stability 
of um, Eden accepting the Torah. So again, that gives the Evan Shasio greater strength. We see the same idea comes up in the Zohar. This is in Zohar in, in, in Sefer Bereshis. Um, and here it mentions about the Evan Shasio, and you can see the second um, red uh, lettering. It talks about uh, water also. So now the Evan Shasio is in the Kodesh Kedoshim. The water is by the Shisin, but now the Zohar connects the two. So we, we've got these, these two things in the Beis HaMikdash, the rock, which is in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and the, and the Shisin, which is under the Mizbeach, and they are connected. So I'm the, here I'm just trying to substantiate this uh, kind of merger, which the Chidoz did of connecting the, um, connecting the Shisin and the Evan Shisin, and the Evan Shisin and, and the Shisin. Um, here, the, this is from the, uh, from Ibn Chayriki, the Mishnah Chassidim, he says a pshat, it could be that the rock was lowered down and then he must have been showing him, it was lifted somehow and it became visible, but it was there the whole time. And that's what the Mishnah says, we must have been showing him. So we'll finish off with this. This is, a, this is from Sicha of Chof Cheshvin Tov Shin Mem Aleph. And the Rebbe also, he makes, he's talking about the first word of Chumash and the last word of Chumash. First word is Bereshis and the last word is Yisroel. And he says the word Bereshis, we know also, is one of the Purushim is Boroshis, the Abish that created the Shisin. That's mentioned in the Gemara And the Rebbe addresses, and he says, you've got the Shisin, second line, similar to the Emma Shisiyo. And the Emma Shisiyo has got to do with the Kodesh Kodoshim. And I, the Gemara says, the Shisin are under the Mizbeach. So he answers that there is a Pacholol, there is a tunnel from under the Mizbeach, that tunnel. Um, stretched until the mocking Kodesh HaKadoshim. So there is an underground kind of duct which is connecting between the Avishasiyah area and the Shisin, which explains what the uh, the uh, Chidor was saying. Now, come, just come back quickly to the Chidor, what, why he quoted the Posuk by Yifgab HaMokim. What's the, the, that Posuk got to do with? Uh, because that, that was when Yaakov Avinu uh, took those stones together. That's when he um, when, when that addition to the Avishasiyah was put together. Um, so the Evishasi is very crucial to his pshat over here. At the same time, the the um, whole story of the Shisin is also very much the gear to this, the 15, the idea of the 15, um, uh, 100 dharmas or 15,000 dharmas, whatever, is has got to do with the Shisin, um, as discussed in the Gemara Sukkah. And to finish off, the Rebbe says, what is the message of all of this, this fascinating stuff, is that when I eat is mitchila sa'avoida, and he looks at the whole world, he sees Bereshis. You see a Bereshis, Boroshis. The Abisha created the world for the Shis, which means for that is not Matsmusoi. It didn't Boroshis, the Abisha created it. And the Zabayda Oilam created the world. And from the Shisin, which is the Yesoda Oilam, and the Chayra, what it means also is Avedas Adam. Just to finish off, Mamish, uh, why did David Amelech um, uproot that stone, with that, or the basket, whatever it was? He was the plug. Why he? So the, the one one possible uh, shot is, is he's, he's setting the foundations for the Beis Hamikdash, and the Beis Hamikdash is a mocking kapor, is a mocking of atonement, for anyone who sins can find atonement there. There may be a, a, a view that Mela, some sins are atonable within the system. 
But there are some sins which are such terrible sins that they, they, they are beyond repair. So David Amalek is told by this stove, by this otz, it's, it's, it's uh, this, this, if you, if you lift this stone, it's irreparable. It's going to be a flood. The world is going to flood. And David Amalek wants to demonstrate, no, I'm going to lift the stone. And even so, we'll find a way, the Abishtu will find a way of actually being able to do tshuva, even such a, a, a deeply uh, uh, reaching uh, violation, even that will also find a kapar. Someone is putting here on the uh, chat that possibly the word Evan Shasio, Shasio may be the back of the basis of the English word chassis, which is the basis, the foundation of the car. Thank you. And uh, okay, so to see the uh, rebuilding of Islamikdash, and we'll be able to see the well, the Rebbe actually in Tovshin and Beis. There's a whole debate whether the Dome of the Rock, whether that rock is the Evan Shasio, a bit of a problem. It's bigger than the dimensions of the. Uh, of the uh, Kodesh Kodoshim. Kodesh Kodoshim was 20 by 20 armors. The, the rock uh, in, in, in the mosque is bigger than 20, it's longer than 20 armors. So um, there's a whole debate whether it is or it isn't uh, the Evan Shasir. But in Tovshin and Beis, the Rebbe talks about the Evan Shasir and he says that uh, it's nigla, it's visible. And so the Rebbe was taking the view that the, that rock is the Evan Shasir. How to solve the problems? Okay. Um, if you want to read up more about this last uh, discussion, in uh, the first volume, at the end, the, this whole uh, topic is discussed in much more detail. Meanwhile, I wish you a good nyomtiv. Don't forget your Erev Shafshilin, and we should be uh, be able to celebrate Mashiach Suda with Mashiach Tzidkenu, the Matamea Sarat Fakim. Kaltiv.